What is up, everybody? Welcome to another crazy edition of Ghost in the Night, a paranormal and true crime podcast. Tonight we're doing true crime. Travis is going to tell us all about true crime. It's truly truthful. I don't think so. This story is not truthful. It's true-tastic. Está cierto en español. There's a lot of holes in this fucking story. This is a very Swiss cheesy story. Yes. A lot of, we will talk about yellow, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, fuck my mouth. What's the word I'm looking for? Not right yellow now. Yellow journalism. If you want that, we got to go we'll get to into our, that later. We got to go to our OnlyFans account. Not just, we can't do that all. OnlyFans backslash GITN podcast for exclusive access to the under the desk feet cam. Uh, but uh, tonight we're doing HH Holmes. For it. Got to lock it in. It's a me episode. We're doing HH Holmes. Fuck. America's Ripper. There is some similarities. The devil of the white city. Yes. But, you know, racist. It's, it's Illinois. 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 There's a lot of shenanigans with this story. Yeah. And they can't drive for fucking dick. Yes. We know this. But before we get started, how was your weekend? Did you do anything exciting? Um, I worked a double on Friday. And then I. Went back to where I'm dog sitting. That was about that. And then Saturday, I was requested off, which does not happen very often. No, you are a loyal fucking employee. Yes. You don't request to off. A fault, to a fault, I would say. Uh, because um, as anybody close to us knows, I purchased for my significant other's birthday, Moon Unit, Howdly Doodly. I get excited when I see names that I'm not used to seeing. Well, he was here Wednesday. I know. I'm just getting, I'm getting used to it. You assumed Moon Unit's gender, first off. You fucking pig. I think we've covered this, and when he first came around, we had this whole big thing. We didn't know what. I think Moon Unit is a gentleman. You are a perfectly symmetrical slice of shit right now. I so anyway. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, Moon Unit, but I believe our mem- my memory serves right. We had this conversation with him before. Probably. I might have been stoned. Or drunk. If I was we need to do that again. We haven't gotten drunk on the show in a while. I think Wednesday we're going to do it. We need to do that for like, I think we need to do it on a topical episode about like aliens or conspiracies. No, we need to get stoned and do like an alien conspiracy episode. So, but like, look <laughs> at it like if? this, bro. Wait, hold up. Hold on, Mr. Hand. Isn't it our time? If I'm here and, and you're, you're here. here then it's, it's our, our time. time. <laughs> you want a slice? Fucking, uh, but like I said, anybody who knows our, you know, our abundant wealth of socialism and socialism. <laughs> We're socialists now. Fuck, I wasn't Goddamn aware. Goddamn right. Fucking nine, 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 awesome. nine, nine. Um, for my significant other's birthday, you know, I got her some stuff, but the big one was I got you gave her. the big one? Who, who'd you invite to the bedroom? Right. Because it wasn't you. My right arm. Um, <laughs> But for her her big gift, which I could not gift her on her birthday because of the date, was tickets to the Greta Van Fleet show in Cincinnati, which I'm, I like Greta Van Fleet. She likes them more than I do. She's more She knows more of their songs. Like I, I, I know like some of the choruses, but holy balls. Let me tell you, folks, you're hearing it here first on the on, from old old Travi Longbottom. That was a fucking great show. I, I will say this. I'm not very familiar with this band. Yeah. But. They're Zeppelin 2022, right, basically. But their name makes them sound like a folk female singer. Well, I mean, these cats were like fucking high school kids when they like really started to produce music. Because three of them are brothers. Like, they're fucking babies still. Huh. But like, 
I tell you what, them boys played a hell of a show, a, whole, a hell of a two-hour show. And Sweet. then the Velveteers opened. That was very interesting. It was a three-piece band, female-led, who she sang and played guitar. And then, like, a guy on keys, I think, and then I don't know what else he had going on there. <laughs> what do you mean you think? I don't know what all he had going on over there. I know he had he like a- I know he had like the sound pads and shit like that. So I don't know what all he had on his little tabletop. Yes. But him and the drummer both played drums on s- technically separate sets, but they shared a hi hat. So they're both playing the same hi hat directly next to each other while playing drums in sync. And it was him and then a female drummer. So you thought in the middle of this show. This like six foot three skinny ass dude that was the female drummer, like gets up and like takes off this long ass wig and a wig cap and shit and like tosses them. And then he's like throwing water on the crowd and like pouring it on the drums before they start whacking the fuck out of them. Like goes out there with a snare drum and like holds it over the people just fucking cracking this snare. Hell of a show for a short set. And then the Rival Sons played second. Never heard of them. They played a fucking good show and even had to stop to so they could get some security assistance for somebody who I believe was passing out in the front. Well, your weekend was much better than mine. Dude, it was a good show. I got some pretty good videos. Friday I should have taken more. I I didn't think that the videos would like the audit. I didn't think the audio would come out as clear as it did, but like it sounds clearer on my phone than it did in person. Because uh, you know those indoor shows, it's just so fucking loud and it has nowhere to go. Friday night, I had every intention of coming up and visiting visit, visiting you. Visiting? At, yes, I can speak. Visiting Words. you at work, but unfortunately, I got baked. I got baked and started watching Sons of Anarchy. And the next thing I know, it was fucking... You just stoned as shit, crying. Stoned as shit. Crying when Opie got killed. It's, I haven't got that far. I started from the beginning, bitch. Spoiler alert from nine years ago, I guess. I started till three o'clock in the morning. Jesus, but, fuck. Well, I didn't start till about four. Fair five, enough. Four or five o'clock. But about nine, ten o'clock, I said, uh, I don't think it's a good idea if I drive anywhere. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here in my underwear. I can't do it, man. But I forgot how fucking good Sons of Anarchy is. Oh, yeah, I like Sons. But also, you know, I'm not a big drug guy. You know, weed's about the only thing I do. Yeah. I was watching Sons of Anarchy. I about had a bad fucking trip. On weed? On weed. You sound fucking old right now. I was now. like, well, because, you know, some of the subject matter, especially dealing with Opie. You're just sitting there fucking smoking weed. Talk me down, man. <laughs> but talk, dealing with Opie and his struggle. Yeah. When he got out of prison that first season mm-hmm. and dealing with his wife and trying to leave the life and but being like Scarface, they keep pulling you back in. Kind of, I was like, oh, it, you start relating. Weed makes you connect some dots that shouldn't be connected. And next thing you know, I was going down a bad fucking hole. It opens up your your closed off chakra, and it really picks up those wavelengths. Prominent. I, I was oh. like, I'm the first motherfucker ever to have a bad trip on weed. How is this possible? Oh, you're not the only one. I know plenty of people that like just didn't have an enjoyable experience but getting also, stoned. Watching Sons of Anarchy on weed. <laughs> you sound like fucking John Stewart from Half Baked. You ever look at the back of a fifty dollar bill on weed, you, man? You realize something? Sons of Anarchy is actually a fucking comedy. Oh, that show, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. The darker the show, the more funny it is. And it has the greatest character of all time. Who? Tig is the greatest. I don't character. know the fucking the, the chronic so... masturbator Chucky. <laughs> is that his name? Yeah, Chucky. He's pretty good. 
but he's not full time character. But Tig, it wasn't for yeah. a couple seasons there. Once he, he got interested, because he didn't come in until like the second, second season. season here and there, and then they get rid of him. He comes back in the. No, then, they, then he starts working for him. Yeah, he comes back. But Tig, he is so beautifully fucked up and so sick and demented. And some of his fucking one liners. Oh, he should be set on fire as a human being. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, but Just as a like human being, he should be that, set on fire. I mean, I laugh. I was stoned to shit. Laughing my ass off. He, a fight breaks out in the clubhouse between guys and girls. And he's dead seriously up against the wall. Goes, and that's why I beat hookers. Out of the blue. I just Yeah, he's this pretty fucked up. I was fucking up. rolling, stoned out of my mind, rolling on the fucking floor. The dog looked at me. She ran from me. She said, fuck it, I'm out of here. All right. It's probably a wise choice. Was there peanut butter? No, there's no peanut butter involved. She She's feeling nervous. There's no chunky. There's only creamy. And she knows creamy means, uh-oh. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right. And at some point, I would love to look at this screen and see some love from my alliance. L.O.P. in the house. Life of the party. We got attacked by Lynn. How dare them. I got on this morning, and I just got I got leveled to the point that the game fucking relocated me for me. You got fucked. Bunch of bitches. I told him in the chat earlier when I got on, I was, I, like, I was at work, and I, was, I think I was taking a poop. <laughs> and I fucking got on there. I was like, so what the fuck is going on? What did I miss? Who pissed them off? And I didn't really get, and then they were just like, oh, this happened. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fight their grandma. All of them. Every single one of their grandmas. And if their grandma's dead, I'm digging that bitch up. I'm pissing on her. Immortal combat. Yes. All right. I We've bullshitted long enough. Let's get into H.H. Holmes. All right. Let's, let's butt fuck give the people thing. what they want. Get this keyboard. And welcome David. David's here also. This there. So we can put that there. I can tell you what. I can just get rid of this. I was going to say, yeah, I don't even know why we keep that shit. We keep our phones on us if we ever want to comment back. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Let me get this. Break it down. Let me get organized. Organization is key. Organization is key to success and some other fucking bullshit business proposition type shit. (laughs) Me, 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 me. All right. H.H. Holmes, born Herman Webster Mudgett, was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16, 1861, to parents Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price. What was his last name? Mudgett. No wonder he turned into a serial killer. And his mom's name was Theodate, or Theodat. I don't, is that the female version of Theodore? What the it's fuck literally Theodate is huh. how it's spelled. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. It, phonetically it's fucked it's also grammatically fucked it's just fucked anybody that names their daughter theodate needs to be kicked in the shin until their leg falls off ouch fucking assholes they're assholes all right so both his parents were direct descendants of the first english immigrant immigrants in that area of the united states you know not really doesn't really add to the story but why leave it out um, Herman was the third born child and had an older sister, Ellen, and an older brother, Arthur, and also had a younger brother and sister named Henry and Mary. Again, doesn't really matter. Still part of the story. His father came from a farming family, and at the time he was working as a farmer, trader, and house painter. Uh, apparently, they, this was a pretty well-off family overall. Like, they weren't really struggling like a lot of people. You know, it wasn't like that tiny Tim fucking... Uh, Tale of Two Cities shit going on too much. Yeah. So good for them. That's that's a plus. So both his parents were also devout Methodists. So they did crystal methamphetamines. That's not how that works. I don't think. That's what I read. I don't think that's 
historically correct. Methamphetaminists. I don't think that's... I think you're drawing some shit, but we'll go with that. I like that version better. I do, too. It makes things really interesting, I think. Great. The church, Methodist Church League is going to be firing off. <laughs> the Chris, the Crystal now. Methodist Church. We're going to piss off the drug head, the meth heads, and the fucking Methodists. They're like, we ain't with them, and we ain't with them. Street war. We start. We just started a gang war between the the Crystal <laughs> Methodist Church and the Crystal Methodist heads. Oh fuck! Fucking a. We need to. Though that's our next shirt. I am a member of the Crystal Methodist Church. <laughs> I'll wear that shit. So there are reports that he was really intelligent at a, a young age, and showed an interest in the medical field. So because of this, it's also alleged that he would perform makeshift surgical procedures for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. on animals. And there's been a, also been a rumor that he may have been responsible for the death of one of his childhood friends. May have been. May have been. Mind you, this is the 1860s. So they didn't have Twitter and Facebook and no, Instagram th- back then? I think they had Grinder, but that's about it. I would know nothing about Grinder, Like the meat grinder that that little kid's hand got caught in back oh. in like 1902. Oh, yeah. That was an awful picture. I was thinking of a different grinder. My bad. The one without an E? Yes. The one where you'd find all your your late night hookups? Your sneaky links? Yes. As they call them? Yes. Spicy accountants? (laughs) Spicy accountants. (laughs) Who doesn't love a TikTok channel with a fucking pepper emoji on it? Jesus Christ. Moving on. So attempts were made to fit Holmes into... This is just kind of a little add-in, but... There were attempts made to fit Holmes into the patterns seen in modern serial killers, such as torturing animals and abusive upbringing. And I bring this up because of the surgical shit that he attempted to do on animals, supposedly. But eyewitness reports and accounts of his childhood didn't provide proof of any of that. Like, I guess he was a mama's boy and, for all intents and purposes, had a pretty decent normal childhood there's a lot of allegations in this story as we move forward okay there's a lot of he done it she done it but nobody know who actually done it shit going on here keep that in mind so he claimed that he had fantasies about his parents death specifically them burning to death after he heard about the chicago fire so that's a little harsh. We're starting off well. We have a v- clearly a very mentally stable, well-rounded child here. I don't see a problem though, thus far. I mean, fucking everybody thinks the shit's new. Like, no, it's not no. new. You just fucking they didn't survive long enough to do the crazy shit like they do now. It's fucking or, cholera got them, or fucking some shit that right. is plus, doesn't even get fucking it didn't get around monkey pox. Well. I don't know. It didn't get around this. This news cycle today is so much more oh, yeah. i mean we are so much more well informed mm-hmm. well informed to back then it'd take a month just to get uh word across the street yeah so yeah because you had to fucking you had to hand off your letters to some guy on a fucking donkey well they had a telegraph that would have died 20 yeah, it was the 1860s they had a telegraph at that time but still the person reading the telegraph by the time he goes to tell somebody else it turns into gossip and turns into you know, a fish this big to a fish this big. You I know, mean, that still happens, that's, but that's that's the way fucking the shit that's works. How, well, that's how shit like this always works. It, it, like, it's basically urban. Once you get past a certain point of fucked, it's urban legend to, to an extent. Even before it's been around long enough to reach legend status, right? 
So God only knows what he actually did. He probably killed nobody and he never even existed. So um, over the during the course of his childhood, he uh, also said that some older boys had forced him into a doctor's office while it was closed. And there were fresh corpses in the office. Oh, I, I thought the story was going to go a completely yeah. different way. Um, yeah. Which caused him at that point to long, no longer have a fear or apprehension in regards to dead shit, which kind of set him on his course for deciding that he wanted to go to medical school. Okay. I mean, if you don't mind dead shit, medical school is a good way for you to go or mortician school. You make some good money. You wear shitty suits all the time. Just high gas bills and the same speech every day. I'm very sorry for your loss. Come look at this $12,000 box. They're I, dead, but let's let, let them be dead in comfort. Yes, because they, they care. Yeah. They need that. Because they totally. I will say. Cotton, fucking silk I will say in my experience with funeral homes, they are at least respectful of the situation. Yeah, they'd have to be. Fuck, that'd be the You way. have to be. Like, I mean, you, to, they, everybody's fucking lost somebody. If you're going to be a dick about it and be a fucking well, money hungry in, cunt. Every day. I or, said it. Every day. Because there are. I will say that. I defend the use of that word on that one because there are piece of shit funeral home owners and morticians and shit out there in the world. There's plenty of stories of it. The, There's one I want to do. I forget what what it's called, but it it's a fuck. It's like the tri-state crematory or something. It's fucking crazy, dude. But just dealing with you're you're never interacting with your customer base on their best days. It no, the worst nobody day walks of their in life. like yes, queen. <laughs> got my iced coffee. Got my croissant. Let's put this Let's fucker in the bury around. this bitch. Like nobody does that. No. Well, I'm sure there are people, but I'm sure those are the people that, like get the fuck out, Eugene. Right. So you're dealing with people that. Are in hell. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Dealing with some shit. Yeah. You know, their, their grandma died. They're, they got kicked out of the Crystal Methodist Church. <laughs> They're fucking. And they, were, they weren't high. Their dad didn't give them a butterfinger after he disappeared for a couple hours. That's just child abuse. Pieces of shit. The, the, where is the love? I might have to take that butterfinger. Clip and, ma- and make it a short. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we'll just and then we just just have a short of just me saying Butterfinger every time I say Butterfinger, 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 Butterfinger. That'd take forever. Back to the facts. Yeah, back facts. So Christy D. Yeah. Do you know that? I do not know Christy D. Welcome well, howdy, Christy welcome. D. And Jenny's here as well. Huh? We say fuck a lot. Be ready for it. Yes. So. Harkening back to his high intelligence level as a young child, at 16, he graduated from Phillips Exeter Academy and took teaching jobs in Gilmanton and later in nearby Alton. He married Clara Lovering on July 4th, 1878, America, in Alton. They had their son Robert Lovering Mudgett on Lovering <laughs> Mudgett. <laughs> it sounds like an insult. Like, yes, you Lovering, you lovering Mudgett. Mudgett. Oh, you. She said, "You lit liquor." Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! So he was born on February third, eighteen eighty, in London, New Hampshire. Um, side note: at least there's some good coming from this story. He would actually go on to become a certified public accountant and serve as city manager for the city of Orlando, Florida. Huh. Yeah. Good for him. At that time. Nobody fucking cares, but good for you, kid. that much traveling back then. I know. Like, I feel like just for us, like for us to go, like what, two streets over and across the main road to the 
fucking the quickie mart that's down the street from us like we it would take us four days one of us would die from consumption somebody would get fucking jaundice the dog would be turned into a fucking fricassee for food because we'd run out of food we'd lose a goddamn wagon wheel 13 feet outside the front door we'd have to fucking stop and like pillage some old lady's house for cans of cream corn and like you know just traditionally steal the hot pie off the window seal while her husband fucking shoots at us and goes you goddamn kids but i don't even want to go to orlando right now because it's what 13 14 hour drive from here like and share the video subscribe all that shit from here yeah that's too much of a fucking uh it's such a boring drive right but like at least when i when i drove to minnesota like it's pretty but can you imagine making that fucking drive in like a wagon horse horse and buggy dude fuck you twice like especially because like how exhausting is it to have that fucking the banter that they used to have like you got to get bored. Eventually, you're gonna have to. I don't know if they have like a sliding partition. Oh, what's up, Tim? So, I would assume they have a sliding window, like a like a limousine, you know, because it's classy, <laughs> classy like that. Yeah, it's electronic somehow. I don't know, it doesn't fucking make any sense. <laughs> got some guy. Over yeah, yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> hand, you got a hand crank, and you're just sitting there like so. uh Mister Horse Guy Jeeves, but it's back in the day. So yeah, exactly. You're gonna be like. Good day, sir. I see that you are lashing those horses with great zeal and experience. Tell me, when was the last time you got gonorrhea on this trip? I know it's happened to you, old dog. Don't lie to me. This is my wife, Elsie. She's blind from syphilis. She was born with it, or so she says. (laughs) I'm awful itchy. (laughs) All right. right. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We're fucking children. So at 18, Holmes enrolled in the University of Vermont in Burlington. Uh, for some reason, I have at age at age at age 18 again after that. Just double up and make sure you know your fucking info, people. Let's not get this fucked up. I will not be answering these goddamn questions again later. He's fucking 18 when he went to college at age 18 when he was 18. So he's pretty much average then. He was not 17 years, 364 days, and 23 hours and 59 minutes. Don't fuck me on this. I'm not I'm not fucking you, period. Don't you fuck me, Ace. That was a fucking that was an anti Semitic moment in the movie. Which I in Casino. Oh he yeah. said he said you Jew motherfucker you I was like, God damn, Joe Pesci, chill Joe the fuck Pesci, out. Chill out, baby. You're four feet tall. Chill out. You don't see Danny DeVito running around acting like that. Well, Danny DeVito wasn't actually connected to the mob. Danny DeVito literally looks like what was it? The, the it, like he looks like the troll under the bridge. Apparently, he's the nicest guy in the world. Did you ever hear about his story about Matilda? No. You remember the movie Matilda? Yeah, I don't think I've ever. So seen that it. was that girl's first like major acting role. Uh-huh. And her mom had like awful cancer that whole time. It yeah. wasn't gonna make it, and like wasn't even gonna make it to the release of the film. And when Danny DeVito found out about it, he snuck into the hospital that she was in with an an unfinished copy of the movie so that she could watch her daughter's first movie before she passed away. Yeah. But he's four foot tall. Is it really that hard to sneak in? He literally, he literally stood straight up and walked under the door. Yes. Like he walked under it and did the fucking university of Notre Dame thing. Be it play like a champion. Rudy. (laughs) Um, so again at 18 people, remember that 
University of Vermont in Burlington. Uh, but he was dissatisfied with that school, and he left after only one year of attending that college. So he was 18. He is now 19. Not going to fucking say it again. In 1882, he started attending the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery, from which he graduated in June of 1884. Fuck that state. Okay. I'm not even an Ohio State fan, but like, fuck that team up north. We don't even say its name. It's fucking Michigan. Fuck it. What is it? They have a song. Have you heard the song? We hate Michigan. I hate Michigan. I hate Michigan. I hate Michigan. Fuck the Wolverines. I was you like, that's really creative, guys. You know what I hate about I don't hate the state of Michigan or even. I've Michigan. only been to Michigan a couple times. You know and I, I remember it being very nice. And it's the same reason I hate Notre Dame. Why? I hate the fucking fans. Mm-hmm. The fans are assholes. Yeah, but they're going to say the same thing about Ohio State fans. Well, see, I'm the type of motherfucker that can't go to a bar and watch a football game. I can. Because see, I, what I'm lucky. I, I have so out of state. Off. I have out of state fandom. I don't really give a fuck. But. I get so pissed off when people watch sports on TV at a bar. They get all riled up. They get all riled up. I just oh, love the guys that are do that. I was like, I just you I, did not fuck. I love the guys one that don't know the rules and try to bitch about calls, and I also love the guys that are like, Tim. You know this reminds me of you remember back in '78. I'm telling you, man, we would have gone to state if my foot hadn't broke not in a game while I was walking down the stairs carrying the books of the guy that actually started the position that I played. Coach would have put me on that field. We would have gone all the way, brother. Right. I mean, anybody- I could have gone D1. I only weighed 104 pounds and I was an offensive line, but we could have gone D1. I do. But whenever somebody says we, I say, bitch, did you go through two days in fucking August? Shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. We didn't do shit. <laughs> you are a drunk sitting at a bar jerking your fucking chain because you have no fucking life. Fuck you twice. We Bengals would be a better place if my leg didn't go out and I was, I was still a running back. You've been in a wheelchair since you were three. It was so fucking bad going to a bar during football season. The ex... She could see the fucking wheels just start spinning, and she would just grab my leg and just start squeezing to try to bring me back. It's it's so hard to not just end up sitting there like, (laughs) like you're making fun of Bobby Boucher. All right, continue. All right. So while he was enrolled at the University of Michigan, he worked in the anatomy lab under Professor William James Hurtman, who at the time was chief anatomy instructor, and goddamn, my battery's low. And the two were said to have been engaged in facilitating grave robbing to supply medical cadavers. Honest work if you can get it. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio did it on fucking uh, Gangs of New York. Gotta do what you gotta do. Does the dead don't care? They're dead. That's true. If I get buried, I'm planning on getting cremate, cremated. But if I get somebody buries me, puts me in the ground, dig me up. I don't give a fuck. Fuck me in the ass. I don't care. I'm not there. Goddamn. I'm not there. That escalated quickly. <laughs> fuck. I'm not there. So it's not me. Anywho. Moving on from fucking Phil in the ass. Holmes apprenticed in New Hampshire under Nahum White. Nahum, N-A-H-U-M. You fucking take your pick on how you pronounce that fucking shit. Who was a noted advocate of human dissection. That's a thing. And when he was later suspected of murder, he claimed that he was nothing but an insurance fraud and admitted to using cadavers to defraud the insurance companies several times in college. Just trying to make a little extra, few extra bucks. That's well, it. 
he basically paid his way through college and through those years by disfiguring medical cadavers and using them to fake a death and claim money from insurance companies. This was, he did this several times. Huh? Yeah. That's better than how I paid my way through college. Male stripper. I was going to say, you didn't like (laughs) male stripper. That's why I didn't graduate. That makes sense. You're the stripper that that comes home with belts because they're throwing fucking change. I was the Chris Farley. (laughs) I think you got this Barney. So, moving on, housemates of Holmes described a violent relationship between himself and Clara, and in 1884, before his graduation, she moved back to New Hampshire and later wrote that she knew little of what happened to him after that point. Now, Holmes moved to Moore's Moore's Forks, New York, and shortly after his arrival, rumors began to spread that he had been seen with a little boy who had disappeared afterwards. After being seen with him. Now, he claimed the boy went home to Massachusetts and no investigation took place and Holmes just left town. They were so trusting back in the day. Dude, they've got some, there's some bang up fucking police work in this story, let me tell you. No SUV special victims unit on this SUV. (laughs) So, uh, during this time in this place, the wife of a farmer who Holmes was renting a room from got pregnant while he was living in the rented room. Now we're talking. Uh, he left in the middle of the night without paying his bill. He's, 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 he's a great guy. He's really killing it. He, after all that shit went down in New York, he landed in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and got a job as a keeper at Norristown state hospital, but quit just a few days after not a fan, I guess, after which he took a position at a drugstore in Philadelphia. While he was working there, a young boy died after taking medicine that he was purchased at the store. He denied any involvement in that kid's death and immediately left town again. Just love him and leave him. I know. What like where was ye old yank ankle monitor when he needed it? I don't know. Just chain him to a fucking wall. I'm assuming that's what house arrest was back then. Like they just fucking put a nail through your foot yeah like you can you can go as far as you can reach we left it out of your foot enough so that you can swim you can pivot on that foot still just don't pull too hard excuse me uh where was i there i was so around this time herman mudgett took the name hh holmes married murda belknap in 1886 and moved to chicago and started quote unquote working as an inventor while he was all this going on while he was still technically married to Clara. What kind of bullshit occupation title is that? That's what I'm saying. Like what inventors, a fucking job. Where, where was that for my, for my career choice? I invent shit in my head all the time. What do you invent? Nothing yet. Whatever the fuck. Just give me an idea. Tell me something you have a problem with that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you, what, where's the invention? Don't know. Still inventing it. You're gonna have to give me. You're gonna have to give me two to six weeks while paying me. See you later, Jim. Get the fuck out of my not office. Get the fuck out of my office. That's my mom's linen closet. Yes. <laughs> so again, all this while he's still married to his first wife because he married again to a woman named Murda. Yeah. These fucking names. Now, 
he also claimed that he killed his former medical school class medical stool <laughs> medical school classmate Robert Laycock Leacock Leacock Leah has a cock what yeah so Robert we'll go with Leacock Leacock in 1886 but Leacock died in Watford Ontario on October 5th 1889 so that was just a fucking lie so what are you saying he's full of shit yes that's going to continue on. Like and share the video and subscribe. We love you. So over the course of of this this the next handful of years, he also married Georgiana Yoke in 1894 in Denver. We'll just throw that one in there. I get around. He's married to three women at the same time. That's it. That's punishment among its in itself. Right. So when he landed, he finally landed in Chicago and he's kind of sweet talked his way into working for Elizabeth Holton, the owner of a drugstore in Chicago. He proved to be a hardworking, trustworthy employee and eventually bought the store from the Holtons. Now, there's this whole fucking story thing about he killed the Holtons and they were like a, a lovely old couple, blah, 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 blah. Which leads me to my next one. They say that's where his killing started. Like, officially. With this old couple, the Holtons. Now, that being said, Dr. Holton was also a Michigan alum. So he had it coming. And was only a few years older than Holmes. Yeah. The Holtons actually lived well into the 1900s. I think Mrs. Holton died in, like, 1953 in Inglewood, a suburb of Chicago. They they never died. So clearly he never fucking killed them. So basically H.H. H. Holmes is full of shit. We get there's a lot there's a lot like I I don't look at this story with as much I don't want to say zeal cuz like that's kind of fucked up but like I I look at it differently after really diving into it. Now, I think it's bullshit. Well, add on to that sidetrack or sidetrack Sidebar, fucking factotum, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Excuse me. Another alleged future victim, Kate Durkee, was never killed by Holmes and turned out to be very much alive after all was said and done with all of this. Has this jackass killed anybody? Probably. Eventually. We'll get to that. Excuse me. I want somebody to die here fucking quick. Yeah. After purchasing and running the drugstore for himself, Holmes purchased a lot across from the drugstore where construction began in 1887 for a two-story mixed-use building, which included apartments on the second floor and retail spaces, including a new drugstore. Was that your belly? No, that was my ass. That was a fart? No. Oh, that. I thought you said that was my ass. No, it's that. <laughs> Got it. My nose is running. So one of Holmes' creditors, John De Brule, died in the drugstore of uh, apoplexy, uh, apoplexy. What the fuck is that? In April seventeenth, on April seventeenth, eighteen ninety. It's um, like not having proper care after you have like a stroke or something like that. Couldn't you just say, okay, died of a stroke? So that's what I was saying. Like, I was reading this information. I'm like, so this guy just had a stroke in the middle of the store after giving. H.H. Holmes money and H.H. Holmes is just sitting there. Yeah. Well, ain't that a shame. 
I just happen to have gone to medical school and I own a drugstore that we're inside of right now, but I just can't seem to think of anything I could possibly do in this situation. Bye, John. I'll fuck your wife while you're gone. Can I help you? <laughs> that's the one. That's the part I want to know. Who else was in the store that he was just like, uh, Alka Seltzer, aisle three. Next. Don't mind him. Just step over the body. Now serving 12, 13. <laughs> just step over the body. It's fine. He's going to be fine. Fucking asshole. So when he declined to pay the architects of the building or, and also the steel company, which was Etna Iron and Steel, they sued him in 1888. Usually, you know, nothing really after that. I don't know. It's, it's the 1800s. It's, I'm pretty sure when you go to court in the 1800s, it's just like, you guys fight about it and whoever wins, wins. But you got to fight like the leprechaun and the, the Notre Dame logo. Because it's 1800s. You're like Tom Cruise in Far and Away. Yes. He said, draw the line, gentlemen. It's a fucking good movie. People sleep on that one. Nicole Kidman, fucking Tom Cruise. Yeah, it was all right. A little long. What was it? Captain Starlight. He's like, do you know what that means by... A little long. Oh, God. Yeah, all movies from the like mid-90s were too long. I Getting... can only take so much of Tom Cruise. You got me for about hey, an I'll, hour I, 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 I will say, though, la- I, I can watch The Last Samurai. I was not a big Last Samurai fan. I, well, I think it's cultural for me. Yeah, like you put on fucking you're a you racist put, bitch. I'm not racist. I'm just part Japanese. You put samurais on TV and like I instantly like sit back in my chair and like my clothes turn into fucking armor and my eyes get a little smaller and I just oh. Hey Travis, what are you doing in there? You shut your mouth. I'm watching the history of my people. It's a great honor to see my samurai brethren. They chop down the capitalists. They take down the imperialist swine. Even though we were also very imperialistic. <laughs> Sorry, Korea. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I'm like Rob Schneider there. My bad. <laughs> he said, it's a ne- it never ends because it's a circle. He said, I try and go have a corner. <laughs> Fuck me. So in 1892, he added a third floor, telling his investors and suppliers he intended to use it as a hotel during the upcoming World's Columbian Exposition. But the hotel portion was never completed. In 1892 as well, the hotel was somewhat completed with three stories and a basement and a ground floor that was the actual physical storefront. Moving on a little bit, one of Holmes' early victims was his mistress, Julia Smythe. Smythe was the wife of Ned Connor, who had moved into Holmes' building and began working at his pharmacy's jewelry counter. After Ned found out about Smythe's affair with Holmes, he quit working for him and moved away, leaving Julia and her daughter Pearl behind. Now, Julia gained custody of Pearl and continued living at the hotel and continued her relationship with H.H. Holmes. On Christmas Eve of 1891, Julia and Pearl disappeared. Wonder where they went. Dun, dun, dun. (coughs) They were fucking sitting right on the floor in the middle of the store next to John. (laughs) Is that a dead guy? Well, it was. Now it's an accent piece. (laughs) I'd move his... I moved the direction of his head to match the feng shui of the particular month that we're living in. 
Isn't that right, John? He's still alive, though. He's like, shut up, John. You are furniture now. <laughs> I'm so stupid. So, um, H. H. Holmes later claimed that she died during a botched abortion that he was performing, and that he poisoned Pearl in an attempt to relieve her of the reality of her mother's death. I don't know if I agree with either of those things. One, don't do abortions if you don't know how to do them. Two, don't poison small children, especially I'm assuming she was adorable. Her name was Pearl. She probably had those like creepy ass blue eyes that like just stare straight into your soul and all those pictures because you know how they did it back in the day. They were like, oh, it's photo day. Everybody, no emotion whatsoever and look into the camera as if you're looking through it into the eyes of the devil. That's how every photograph was taken. And it was old camera. So they're like, Skink. now fucking stay there for 30 minutes. God damn it. Don't fuck this up. I had to kill two horses and sell them to the glue factory for this. I will not have this fucked up. Uh, Bernadette. I don't know. Insert fucking old name. So along with all this later on, a partial skeleton, possibly that of a child around Pearl's age was found when excavating uh, Holmes cellar of the building okay so maybe we got two body we got a two body count yeah now. two plus two is four on this one as far as i'm concerned but you never know like it it, it was you know what i'm saying like it could have been there potentially it's not like they could they could carbon date these remains that they found that shit could have been could have been there for a while and dna testing you know now not and also are we using excavating loosely did they like go down to the cellar and like fucking kick some dirt and they're like, huh, look at that shit. Looks like that looks humorous. like bone, doesn't it? Fucking, I don't know, uh, Neville. <laughs> Neville. I'm trying to throw in old, old Englishy names, fucking Charles. <laughs> Excuse me. Move forward to Emmeline Sigrande, who began working in the building in May of 1892 and disappeared that December. Rumors spread that she had gotten pregnant by Holmes and was possibly the victim of another failed abortion that Holmes tried to cover up. Um, another young woman named Emily Van Tassel, who had worked for Holmes, also mysteriously vanished around this time. Now, quick question. Seven. No. Is it, has it been well documented that he was doing uh, abortions at this time, or is this this? conjecture everything i saw it just comes up with this shit but at the same time in that time period it wasn't uncommon right for people that just had medical know-how to do stuff like this especially in this time period considering the climate religiously and socially you know what i mean right so i mean i would assume i'm going to go out on this limb and we'll assume an abortion back in the 1890s is not a safe thing. Yeah, I mean, it's the 1890s. Like It was probably like a, a fucking, what was his name from Mortal Kombat? Uh, we've covered this last week. Johnny I, something. I didn't it watch was like a show. Johnny Cage uppercut into the vagina. And just <laughs> I never watched it or played it. Shitty movie, but still entertaining. Now, move forward a little bit. Uh, we get to Benjamin Peitzel. Now, H.H. Holmes met Jim Benjamin Peitzel while working in the Chemical Bank building on Dearborn Street. Peitzel was a car carpenter with a criminal past 
who was exhibiting a coal bin he had invented in that building that when they met. Because, you know, usually when you meet people, you're in the same place. At More least often in, than not. In the 18 fucking 90s, at least. Now, Holmes began to use Peitzel as his right-hand, mo- right-hand man in a lot of, in some criminal activities more more insurance fraud shit like that uh and a dic- district attorney would later describe Peitzel as quote Holmes's tool or his uh creature creature yeah i don't know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what is this kind of hot i think what was uh oh, fuck what was a uh, dracula's sidekick you know the human uh, what was, what was his name? Like, what do they call his familiar? Or well, yeah, you know, Dracula had a oh somebody watched him, looked over. Fuck, him. what was his name? Um, he's always portrayed as like almost like a hunchback. Eh, yeah, fuck, Igor what, type shit. You know, yeah, but Igor was Frankenstein, right? Fuck, what was his name? That's, but that's when I picked. I'm trying to think because I'm pretty sure Dracula Dead and Loving It had that Runfield. character. Yes. Thank you, Gregory. Renfield. Gregory is on it. He is our just, he's taking the researcher spot. I don't know. It's hard to remember shit. When you do it this way, when you're like, let me focus on one thing for a week at a time. Yeah. So in early 1893, former actress Minnie Williams moved to Chicago. Holmes claimed to have met Minnie in an employment office, but it was also rumored that he had met her years earlier in Boston. Yeah. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Shame, shame. I know your name. So he offered her a job at the hotel as his personal stenographer, which she accepted. Uh, Holmes persuaded her to transfer the deed to her property in Fort Worth, Texas, to a man named Alexander Bond, which was an alias that Holmes used. So he, I don't know how the fuck it's, you do this shit. Like, you just, Fucking convince people like, hey, you should uh, just sign over your physical property to me. You have to be a smooth talking son bitch, right? It happens a lot or in history. It's crazy. H. H. Holmes hung like John Holmes. <laughs> wait, wait, maybe, maybe it's the last name Holmes. Possibly, I don't know. Have you ever seen a met a Holmes with a small? The John Holmes is a fucking crackhead piece of shit too. Yes, there's a whole maybe story we'll behind. Him there's a him. whole dude. There's like legitimately there's a, a whole story, fucking, but yeah, there yeah, is. We might cover that, John Holmes. It's crazy. Of course, I don't just know put. A, I'm just gonna fucking upload a picture of that fucking gorilla fist of a dick that he had. I, I, let's just say the sidebar. That would be a five hour podcast. Just I, talking that'd about be dick. a forty five minute podcast that would last five hours. Be like, all, look at the girth on that with thing. all the dick talk. Girth Brooks over here. So. She transferred the deed in 1893 with Holmes serving as the notary, which he later signed over to Peitzel, giving him the alias Benton T. Lyman. Lyman. Sorry, I don't know if I said that right the first time. Now, the two started presenting themselves as husband and wife and rented an apartment in Chicago's Lincoln Park. Minnie's sister, Annie, came to visit, and in July, she wrote to her aunt that she neither... that. She planned to accompany, quote, Brother Harry to Europe. Brother Harry. Which it is alleged and possibly factual that he did go to, he was located in Europe for a while. Which is why it always comes up that he may have been Jack the Ripper, but from everything I've read over the last handful of days, he is not. 
Didn't they? I'm, don't they? I lost my pen. Didn't something come up here in the last couple months that they think they solved, figured out who Jack the Ripper actually was? Well, they'll never. I saw something about it. I, I, even I if they do, I, I think it was the fucking royal family. It was the Masons. <laughs> Same thing. <sighs> What's your talk? So, uh, again, her sister Annie wrote to their aunt saying she was going to accompany brother Harry to Europe. Fast forward to neither Minnie nor Annie were seen alive after July 5th, 1893. But let's be honest. People just kind of fucking went off the, the off to the wayside, if you will, back in the day. The it did happen. Fucking 15 miles down the road, you might never you see You might somebody. as well be dead. <laughs> yeah. If I can't yell at you, you might as well be dead to me. I mean... To say just because they didn't see somebody doesn't mean they necessarily died back then. Now with all oh, the very true. government tracking and Amazon tracking, you know, I can find you in two seconds if right. I wanted to. And for us, all you got to do is get on Amazon or like fucking DoorDash or any other pizza delivery thing. Yes. Or so fucking Little Caesars. Never seen again is very misleading during this time. Right. Frame. So move forward a little bit more. It was It was never actually proven. But H.H. Holmes was suspected of six other killings of persons who vanished in from his quote-unquote castle. What? <laughs> Gregory's got jokes. It says, so I guess Annie wasn't okay. She was hit by. A smooth criminal. She was struck by a smooth criminal. No! Let's get professional here. So these are the six un inconclusive disappearances, if you will, from his quote-unquote castle. Dr. Rustler, who had an office there, went missing in 1892. Ms. Kitty Kelly, a stenographer for Holmes. It seems like stenographers have bad luck with this guy. <laughs> she disappeared in 1892. John G. Davis of Greenville, Pennsylvania, who went to visit the 1893 World's Fair and vanished. Henry Walker of Greensburg, Indiana, allegedly insured his life to Holmes for $20,000, wrote his friends and told them that he was working for Holmes in Chicago, went missing November of 1893. That's always smart. Right. Yeah, I just met this guy. I'm going to live with him, work with him, and then uh, life insurance in his name. That's how that works. Oh, that so don't worry me. about it, guys. I got some paperwork I need you to sign. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, where we got? What do we got next? Milford Cole of Baltimore alleged to have alleged to have disappeared after receiving a telegram from Holmes to come to Chicago in July 1894. Lucy Burbank's bank book was found in Holmes' quote unquote castle in 1895, uh, missing and or killed on an unknown date. So those are all alleged. That alleged disappearances and killed deaths. From the infant, associated with his home, the murder castle. Yes. Now we covered this. It was two and a half stories. Third story was never completed. Correct. Yes. Is what you said. Kind. Of. Well, I mean, it was to an extent. What? Why in the world is this classified as a castle? Is there right? a fucking moat? Well, because mind you, let's go. I don't even have it in my notes because it's just kind of all in my head. Was it made of stone? <laughs> so there was, I think, sixty-two rooms. I want to say 51 doors. There was allegedly doors that went to like open to brick walls, stairs that were in places that just didn't make sense. It was a very Winchester house kind of yeah, vibe. That's what I was just doors that opened into just like 
a straight drop from the building. Um, there was a shoot for bodies, which realistically was just a laundry shoot. Let's be honest here. That was very common in those days. Uh, there was, hmm, there was a, a dissection room in the basement. There was, uh, multiple like cells, room cells that he had set up that were alarmed to alarm him in his living quarters if somebody tried to escape. Okay. There was rooms with metal walls and from which was protruding blowgun type apparatuses that would people. There was an Indiana Jones type shit. Uh, there was an acid bath. There, take your pick. There's pretty much anything you could think of in a house of horrors. Now, that being said, we're going to move on because I have somewhat opinion pieces on that All right. later on. Continue. All right. Thanks. Get to moving. So where the fuck did I leave off? So Holmes left Chicago in July of 1894. 1894. I keep wanting to say 1980s and it's fucking my life up because insurance companies were trying to prosecute him for arson. Okay. He's a great dude. He is. He was, citizen. Yeah, he was arrested in July of that year and jailed for a short time, charged with selling mortgaged goods in St. Louis, which I believe was horses. Yeah, good guy. Good call. Fucking make that paper, boo-boo. <coughs> Excuse me. He was quickly bailed out, but while he was in jail, he struck up conversation with a convicted outlaw. A He was a uh, uh, a train robber, as far as I know, named Marion Hedgepath. Hedgepath who was serving a 25-year sentence at the time. The two collaborated on a scheme to swindle an insurance company out of $10,000 by taking out a policy on himself and then faking his death. Now, Holmes promised Hedgepeth a $500 commission if he could provide him with the name of a lawyer who could be trusted. He was directed to a St. Louis attorney named Jephtha Howe who thought the scheme was fucking brilliant and agreed to play the role. He was like, fuck you. Hell yeah, brother. Praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition. Let's do this. So the plan failed when the insurance company got suspicious and refused to pay. And instead of pushing the claim, he concocted a similar plan with Peitzel, Benjamin Peitzel from earlier. Right. His little right hand man. He's funky. Yeah. So Peitzel was to fake his own death so his wife could collect a $10,000 life insurance policy, which she would split with Holmes and Howe. You know, the even three-way split of an even amount of money, that usually works out well. Now, the scheme, which was to take place in Philadelphia, called for Peitzel to set himself up as an inventor. Fuck off. Well, under the name... He's got, or what's his name? He's got experience at being an inventor. Yeah, yeah. They're, he walk him through they're fucking crushing it. So the plan called for him to set himself up as an inventor under the name B.F. Perry and then killed and, oh, I'm sorry, and be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. Holmes was to find an appropriate cadaver to play the role of Peitzel. Instead, Holmes killed Peitzel by knocking him unconscious with chloroform and setting his body on fire with the use of benzene. In his confession, Holmes implied Peitzel was still alive after he used the chloroform on him before he set him on fire. However, forensic evidence presented at Holmes' later trial showed chloroform had been administered after Peitzel's death. 
in quotations, a fact of which the insurance company was unaware, presumably to fake suicide to exonerate Holmes should he be charged with that murder. Hmm. Now we're ramping it up. I hope so. There's there's blood pumping into the death boner. Death boner. Hashtag. So, Holmes collected the insurance payout on the basis of the genuine Peitzel corpse. So, he just kind of got rid of the middleman, figuratively and literally. He then went on to manipulate Peitzel's unsuspecting wife into allowing three of her five children to be placed in his custody. The oldest daughter and the baby remained with Mrs. Peitzel, and Holmes and the three Peitzel children traveled throughout the northern United States and into Canada. Simultaneously, he escorted Mrs. Peitzel along a parallel route, all while using various aliases and lying to Mrs. Peitzel concerning her husband's death, claiming that uh, he was hiding in London. Yeah, he 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 turns into like he was a piece of shit the whole time, but like he really turns into a piece of shit with this Peitzel thing. So on top of that, he was lying to her about the true whereabouts of her three missing children. In Detroit, just before entering Canada, they were only separated by a few blocks. Actually, she didn't know that. She un unbeknownst to her, she was right down the street from her kids. That would be a bite in the ass. Right? That's how you get your dick chopped off. That's that time. Three blocks. Might as well be fucking three states over. Yeah. So in an even ballsier move, Holmes was staying at another location with his wife, who was unaware of this whole thing going on. And he later confessed to murdering Alice and Nellie, two of the kids, by forcing them into a large trunk and locking them inside. Okay. Now, he drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk and put one end of a hose through the hole, attaching the other end to a gas line to asphyxiate the girls. He then buried their nude bodies in the cellar of his rental house at uh, 16th St. Vincent Street in Toronto. If you tell me these girls were found living in Cleveland years later, I'm ending this podcast. Uh. Fuck, I want somebody to die Hold here, to find out. Jesus Christ. So, uh, we move on to, uh, we start seeing uh, Frank Geyer, who's a Philadelphia city detective. Frank Geyer was assigned to investigate Holmes and find the three missing kids and found the decomposed bodies of the two Peitzel girls in the cellar of the Toronto home. And, excuse me, he wrote, quote, Hold on. The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became. And when we reached the depth of the three of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. Now, he then went to Indianapolis, where Holmes had rented a cottage. Holmes was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs which he used to kill young Howard Peitzel. And he was also alleged to have visited a repair shop to sharpen the knives he used to chop up the body before he burned it. Benjamin, or I'm sorry, Howard Peitzel's teeth and bits of bone were discovered in the home's chimney. Ramping it up. Now we get to, that all led to the capture, his arrest, all that shit. So his murder spree 
ended when he was arrested in Boston on November 17th, 1894, after being tracked there from Philadelphia by the private Pinkerton National Detective Agency. He was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas because the authorities had no, had become more suspicious at this point, and he appeared poised, like he, like ready to just fucking dip on him again yeah. and leave the country this time in the company of his unsuspecting third wife. Which, as far as I know, he was still married to the other two by this point. Uh, actually, no, I think one did get like somehow legally annulled. How the fuck did they end up living? Uh, the man killed this many people. Right. Take out your wife. Well, the so one fucking took Jesus. off. She was smart. Who took a girl? <laughs> so in July 1895, I keep fucking wanting to say 1985. These old fucks. So in July 1895, following the discovery of Alice and Nellie's bodies, the Chicago police and reporters began investigating his building in Inglewood, now locally referred to as the castle. It was it was the biggest property in the area. It like house. it was the biggest privately owned property I think in the area. Mansion would be a better name than castle. It's the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I don't fun. even know if mansion they're was stupid. a word yet. They're stupid. Yeah, exactly. Ignorant. Like half the people in the world still like not the earth was flat. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They depended on a book to make the fucking sun come up. Where were I? There I were. So, there was a lot of crazy claims that were made, but no evidence was found that could convict Holmes in Chicago for anything. For anything that happened in Chicago, at least. Like those six disappearances, the World's Fair bullshit. Because that was another one. There was a big thing that they said that he used um, the hotel portion of his building to lure in travelers that were right. going to the World's Fair. That was bullshit. That was, th there's no evidence You're of that. You're saying the History Channel has lied to me? There's no evidence of that. It, it, it could have been a thing. It may have been. But there's no evidence that that was a specific motive for him doing what he did with that building. That was a little sidebar. So, fuck, I lost my spot and I lost my pen to mark it. There we go. <laughs> Shut up. According to Selzer, stories of torture equipment found in the building are 20th century fiction. This is where we start getting into the, the, the opinion here shortly. In October of 1895, he was put on trial for the murder of Benjamin Peitzel and was found guilty and sentenced to death. By that time, uh, it was evident that H.H. H. Holmes had also murdered the three missing Peitzel kids. And then following the conviction, he confessed to 27 murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. Although some people he quote unquote confessed to murdering were still alive. And six attempted murders. He was paid $7,500 by Hearst newspaper, the Hearst newspaper in exchange for his confession which was quickly found to be mostly bullshit, which that doesn't even fucking make sense to me. Why are you going to waste 60 in back then? Like $6,500 is a fuckload of money yeah. in the 1890s, like a right. lot of money. You're going to waste $6,500 on what ended up being bullshit on a dude. That's going to fucking, that's been sentenced to death anyway. Not a good business model. Yeah. But right. that shit, I mean, back then, like money was fucking, I mean, cash is still King, but it was crazy back then. We, this goes back to fucking gangs in New York again. Like when they were hanging those dudes and he fucking sold his locket to the butcher. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you're about to die. Like, I seriously doubt that that's not corrupt enough that they're not going to give that money to your fucking family. 
He said, what was it? He, he said, he said, let it be known. I never raised a hand to that boy. I get bullshit. Okay. It'd be more oddity back then. I was going to say, it was the fucking, it was the New York City in like the early 1800s or some shit. You didn't hit your kid. No, you might not have, but his fucking boss at the goddamn textile mill probably did. Beating the shit out of him. Exactly. So while writing his confession in prison, he mentioned how drastically his facial appearance had changed since his imprisonment. Nobody gives a fuck, Henry. Fuck you. And then on May 7th, 1896, he was hanged at Moyamensing Prison, also known as the Philadelphia County Prison. Why the fuck wouldn't you just call it the Philadelphia County Prison instead of Moyamensing? That's a stupid goddamn name. I'm sorry. Call me a dick. For the, but this, that was for the murder of Peitzel. Until the moment he died, he remained calm and amiable, they said, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. So he was concerned that grave robbers would steal his body, karma, and he <laughs> used it and use it for dissection, karma. So his neck, when they hung him, his neck didn't break. He instead strangled to death slowly, twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung. Isn't that pretty common, though? Oh, yeah. It's just like beheadings. Right. Like, they'd have to whack a couple of times. Right. I heard one. I heard a, I've, heard, I've heard a story of one. Like, this lady got behead, was getting beheaded as an execution. And, like, they hit her, and she was still alive enough that, like, she just let out the longest, most, like, heart-wrenching scream at while like her head's hanging half off and i was like jesus christ but i mean immurement was a thing immurement whatever the fuck what is that being buried alive is a punishment well that would suck major balls but i mean it's not even just a punishment like it was a right to some people like the vestal virgins we'll go into that you lost me at virgins we'll go into that don't worry that's a whole nother episode Excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. Fuck you. Now, after his execution, H.H. Holmes' body was interred in an unmarked grave at Holy Cross Cemetery, a Catholic cemetery in the Philadelphia western suburb of Yeadon, Pennsylvania. Yeadon! On New Year's Eve of 1909, Hedgepeth, (coughs) excuse me, who had been pardoned for informing on Holmes, was shot and killed by police officer Edward Jaburik during a holdup at a Chicago saloon. Everybody in this is a winner. Then jump forward to March 7th, 1914. The Chicago Tribune reported that with the death of Patrick Quinlan, the former caretaker of the castle, quote, the mysteries of Holmes's castle would remain unexplained. Quinlan had committed suicide by taking strychnine, his body was found in his bedroom with a note that read, quote, I couldn't sleep. That's it. Let <laughs> uh, down, but that's okay. Yeah. His Quinlan's surviving relatives claimed he had been, quote, haunted for several months and was suffering from hallucinations. You sure that wasn't the fucking heroin that they were prescribing you because you had a was headache? He Methodist. It was the Crystal Methodist <laughs> Church. Church. Goddamn pieces of shit. 
Now, the castle itself was mysteriously gutted by fire in August of 1895. How convenient. Yeah. According to a newspaper clipping from the New York Times, two men were seen entering the back of the building between 8 and 9 p.m. About half an hour later, they were seen exiting the building and rapidly running away. Following several explosions, the castle went up in flames. Afterwards, investigators found a half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building. The building survived the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in 1938. The site is now occupied by the Inglewood branch of the United States Postal Service. <laughs> they went postal. <laughs> went postal, literally. Possessed. Uh, yeah. So the last thing I have here is in 2017, amid allegations, Holmes had an in fact escaped execution. Holmes's body was exhumed for testing led by Janet Mung of the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology. Due to his coffin being contained in cement. They, were, they weren't fucking around. I think that was on his behest. Because of the whole grave oh, thing. Right. Even though, given the history, I'd have been like, fuck you. We're not even burying you, you fuck boy. We're dropping you right on the curb, right outside the fucking medical examiner's ass office. Up. Come get him, Leonardo DiCaprio. Ass up. Yeah. So you go somewhere, park your bike. Uh, Jesus Christ. So, again, since his coffin was encased in cement, his body was found not to have de decomposed normally. Obviously. Did it decompose less? Because well, you would think I mean, theoretically, would you, yes. You would think it'd be more. It would slow down the decomposition. Yes, theoretically. Uh, which also just yes, his clothes were perfectly preserved, and his mustache was found to be intact. Huh. Still giving mustache rides to the ladies. You gotta love the, you Gotta love a man with mustache. Yeah. So. The body was positively positively identified by his teeth as being H.H. H. Holmes. He was then reburied. <laughs> I'd have just fucking thrown him out in the garden and been like, "We're gonna have good. We're gonna have H.H. H. Holmes peppers this yeah. year. We got a lot of nitrogen flowing." Now, that is the end of my notes. I will say. Can I say something here? I mean, this is our venue to say as we please. This. Jackass is the lamest serial killer of all time. Also, a lot of mis misinformation on that. He's not America's first serial killer. No, he's not. It was, I think, it was that family we were talking about earlier. Uh, or I think Carl Panzram gets that, uh, I don't know, accolade, if you will. And I'm sure there was some natives. Well, I think we should we should do an episode on Carl Panzram too. That guy, like I, I'm not saying I justify some of his actions and killings but i actually kind of understand them that guy his life was fucked he was riding the rails literally like hobo style by like i think like eight or nine fill in the blanks of what happened to that kid over the next 10 years of his life he got railed let's be honest he got railed. yeah pun intended carl panzram coming to a gitn podcast near you sometime in the future Gregor says, says that he's actually after Holmes. Panzram was? Yes. Hmm, that doesn't surprise me. But I'm sure... What it, it, Pan, Panzram has some fucking... He, like, he holds some title. I can't remember what it is. The meanest looking motherfucker in the world. His mugshot looks fucking atrocious. He looks like he'll rip your fucking larynx out through your asshole. Have you ever seen a good mugshot of anybody? 
I don't know, that one of fucking O.J. Simpson smiling, like, before he went to prison. That shit was kind of funny. I was like, you piece of shit. Of course you're smiling. You're going to prison on fucking selling fake shit after you killed people. Because I don't give a fuck what anybody says. O.J. did it. And people can be like, that's racist. The fuck it is. I would say 98.5% of the black people that I've known in my life will also say that O.J. fucking did it. I don't know if he did it. Or was not there. I think he did it. Now, other side of this, all that shit about torture rooms and blowguns in the wall, well, blowgun type shit in the wall, alarms, uh, acid baths, all that shit. From the digging that I did, almost all of that is probably bullshit been played up over the years well that's where we get back to like i said earlier at the beginning this yellow journalism which is basically just it's like the bat boy found in south america like it's that shit national Enquirer shit yes you you take stories and you fucking blow them out of proportion so you can get people to read them kind of like facebook yeah from like i've heard i've heard that side where everything was nuts and it was the murder castle and i've heard it was fucking pretty normal building other than being big as shit and having like rentable units and stuff like that that set it apart from the buildings around it as personal dwellings but it wasn't a, like this massively sinister thing gregory asked did you do did we did albert fish didn't we are we i know no, we talked we're about i i i almost want to do albert fish just on patreon didn't we mention him in yeah it? i think we mentioned i know we mentioned I, yeah him i've i've kind of thought i i kind of have this inkling of making albert fish only patreon because well, it's exclusively kids oh that's that's i know we talked about yeah it. like that we, we like i don't mind talking about it but i don't know if that's right. what we want to have on our youtube channel <laughs> maybe like a short video about albert fish but um yeah so, so from what i've read most of that shit was bullshit i even read um I forget the name of it. A guy, a guy like wrote a book about this, and he even said that over the course of his research, he had already written stuff that he found out probably was not true, and he was probably exacerbating this this legend, right, or myth, if you will. This is just a con man. Yeah, this, this guy was just a fucking con man. I mean, he did kill people, but yeah, he's, he 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 got his rocks off. Problem. He got his rocks off on insurance fraud more than anything. He killed four people at most of the same family, right? Basically, for sure, yes. Even though he's only convicted of one, six. Oh, I thought total. I thought he was only convicted for the one. Oh, of the Peitzel murders. Yeah. No, I think he got I th- the two kids for sure, or three kids. He was conv- He was. Accused of six, claimed 27, and the lore has it that he killed over 200 people. Moon Unit says uh, he thinks the building had secret doors and rooms. Well, it... Who knows? It's it was just, It was so big. Right. For that time. You know what I mean? Because it was a personal... It wasn't a business. Well, it was a business, but it wasn't owned by, like, a, a bank or anything like that. So it was. it was just massive. And there was... There was doors and stuff like that that wouldn't necessarily make sense, but it also wasn't fully completed. Right. So that is a lot of people's explanation for that side of it. Excuse our mess. We're under construction. 
Well, and then like everybody, like the biggest one is the body shoot, and I'm like, yeah, it could be used for body, but a lot of too. That's what I'm saying. A lot, most. I don't, I don't want to say most, but a very large percentage of multi-story buildings had a trash chute or or a laundry chute or both. And if he had plans to, which he started, make that third floor a hotel, mm-hmm. naturally that would make it. sense. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, hotels had laundry chutes and trash chutes up through what, like the eighties, if you went to the yeah, right. In that time, it just went to the basement where they had they burned it all. Yeah, an incinerator. Yeah. They burned trash back in the day. Yeah, like I said, even the guy, a guy, the dude that I can't remember who it is. I like, I wish I could, but even he said that by the time he was done writing his book, like he looked back on some of the evidence that he had found and some of the shit that he had talked about previous prior to finding some of the evidence that he found, and said that even he, as somebody who extensively went in to try to find the truth in this whole thing multiple times in that book was probably perpetuating urban myth or urban legend, if you will. Like, yeah, he even said he was like, it, it wasn't the crazy house of horrors that everybody thinks it was right. fucked up. Shit clearly happened there, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a fucking saw movie. Right. I mean, fucked up shit ha- happens in this house and in 20 years, the legend will be much worse. Yeah. Well, and then Gregory makes a good point too. He did, he 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 Winchestered the house, right? He did he, like he had multiple crews, and they would work for so long, and he'd like, which is my thing of like, because he didn't have the house for that long. What I question is, what was he planning for the house? Because it doesn't seem like he fully got to finish the house ever. You know what I mean? Which could explain this yeah. this uh, lost in translation thing that we got going on. Like maybe that maybe he was going for all this stuff, but he never had the opportunity to. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Now it's a fucking post office. Well, I think over time this myth has been built up so much, and plus when you add the uh, he was in London at the time, and you tack on, oh, this guy possibly could be Jack. Yeah. Builds up Which his, everything I read is like that he's not fucking Jack. Right, Robert. but it builds up his myth that much oh, yeah. more. Yeah, it's a bullshit. This this is the stupidest fucking serial killer of all time. I think it's a testament to the imagination of humans. Right. Because do I think that it's all false? No. Do I think that a good portion of the lore legend of that castle? is has been fish storied over the years. Yeah, I do. But who knows? Agrary says apparently the uh post office is haunted. Sweet. That's just the weird guy that works in the back that just never goes home. He's jerking off. That's the alien that works in the mail sorter like from Mac Men in Black 2. <laughs> yes. He said, "Hey, no smoking." <laughs> So yeah, I, actually, I, I was think on TV today. the second one. Yeah, I too. didn't mind the second one. I thought it was kind of funny when he opened that locker and he was like Jay. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I do. I think I think a lot of this was glorified, if you will. Right. The myth, like, is like much bigger than yes, it glorified in a very macabre way. I agree. I can't disagree. I mean, he's no Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> 
I ate five guys way before it was a restaurant. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to only kill three or four people and want to be classified as a serial killer, you better do it in a damn fantastic way. I mean, you did take out some children. That's well, yeah, that's pretty gnarly. That's I can't disagree with that, but I'm just thinking, you know. Well, and that was the other thing is like his killings, at least the ones that you would think that he committed, were almost a crime of necessity. Right. Not in this, I don't want to say so necessity because obviously there's no reason. Yes. It's not like he was just like <laughs> that one. Yeah. Not because he had some sick, depraved thoughts to kill. He was killing for a fucking reason. Right. Kind of like Kokinski. Yeah. Whereas he was getting paid for it, H.H. H. Holmes was. Getting paid and taking for. out the trash, if you will. Right. And doing a little He was tying off. up loose ends. So, when I think of serial killer, I think of people that are just deranged and they kill for no yeah. reason at well, all. Well, I mean, or, we had that argument with the Richard Kuklinski right, episode. It, I right. wouldn't say that Richard Kuklinski no. is a serial killer. He's a professional killer. Yes. He's a hitman. He man. was a hitman. There's there's a difference. No, but where Kuklinski got a little weird if the Because story- he did seem to ha- take... Ew, sorry. He did seem to take pleasure in... Some of it to an extent. And when he did, if you listen to him and he is being honest about this, when he would go just pick up hobos and mm-hmm. hookers and kill just them. Just to try. Just to practice ways different ways. That's get, where the lines got that's, skewed. That's more serial killer-ish. Yeah. Than, ooh, maybe we're haunted now. Fuck you. Dun, dun, dun. No, but that's more serial killer-ish than just being paid by the mob to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I still th- I still find that very interesting. What Kuklinski? Yeah, or, oh, the he, mob paying a Polish guy to do their dirty work. Yeah, that's you know he's a big motherfucker though, not a small man. And honestly, if you just listen to him talk, you would think he was a fucking a, an East Coast Italian guy. He's a, I shot him. <laughs> the best part of that interview is when you're making me mad, right, or something like that. He said. What did he say? He said, you annoyed me right there. Yeah, you annoyed me right there. He said, oh, what was it? He's like, I don't know. How annoyed are you? Not bad. (laughs) So nonchalant. Dude, I was like, yeah, I watched that. When I was watching that documentary, I was like, that motherfucker's about to hop across that table and rip your tongue out and make you lick your own asshole before he surgically reattaches it to your mouth so you can taste it. Gross. Yeah, Murder, Inc. That was a thing. I mean, the mob was like that, though. Like... It, from a outsider standpoint, you expect the mob to only work within the within their culture, but it's. Oh. I mean, a there's people of every culture that will do your dirty work. B, it's kind of smart not to, to kind of branch out. You know what I mean? Right. Especially when you get to a point where you're bringing in people that might maybe immigrated here from another country, so that they're like, not even. Uh, what is that? It says, uh, Thrasher Pete says, hey, Travis, tuning in. Thanks for the IG follow back. No problem, bud. Um, but yeah, like when you bring in, especially a, a, a massive cultural difference, like there, there's a chance that they're just going to go about things differently. Right. And plus, it's just like, um, you would think the mob, if would use somebody of a different descent just to try to give a little stuff. Well, cause you just clearly see right. differences. It's just right. like, uh, what was it? Bro, Ohio just had another episode with that Lou Velozzi guy, right? The ATF agent. Yeah. 
Like he said it. He was like, I he dealt with fucking mob guys. He dealt with outlaw guys. He dealt with street gangs, all kinds of different nationalities. And even he said he was like, he's like, dude, nobody holds a fucking a candle to the cartels and the oh, no. the Hispanic gangs. Oh, they're the most brutal fuckers. Yeah, like the they point. they they live on a whole different level of fucking depravity and violence. Like you can like you can say what you want about the mob. They, they have, have morals. They have rules. Yes. That they did not like if you're six years old, the, you don't have to worry about the mob. They're not going to find If it. you're you and me, just normal fucking Joes, you don't have to worry about the mob. They're not out there to whack everybody all the time. Right. To the they don't go after people that aren't in the in the life. They don't go after women. They're, they're not supposed to go after women or children. And as far as I know, and for the longest time, they haven't. They I for sure know off the top of my head. I can't think of any time where they have actually a mafia, a mob, the mob has been associated with the death or the assault or anything of a child. Right. Women, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if that line has been crossed. To accidentally, probably, I can almost guarantee. But here's the thing about the mob. Yeah. They did it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even want, they held off on drugs for the longest time. Oh, yeah, you got in a lot of trouble if you right. were fucking dealing eventually drugs. Eventually, money... Greed took over. And oh yeah, the money's always going to. But win. the cartels, they they kill and will. They don't give a rat's ass. Well, it's just like what are they? What are they called? The setas, I think. I don't. I, I think one of the cartels uses them. Like they're just like like Hispanic Mexican special forces or something like that that are no longer acquainted with the military or the the government, and like. They'll send them motherfuckers, like, I think it was, like, Tucson or Phoenix or something like that. Like, they just sent them motherfuckers out there and to get this guy, and they just fucking pulled right in the middle of this intersection in the middle of the day, rolled out full auto, and just dumped on this guy in this car, and just nonchalantly just got back in the car and drove off. Like, they just don't give a fuck. Those fuckers you don't want to fuck with. Mm-mm. No. No. Nope. They are negative. Scary. I don't fear much. But I would, and it's it, 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 drug cartels. Well, and it's crazy because like the people that are the, there's gangs and shit that are associated with them that aren't even that bad. Like that book I have on the Mexican mafia, the, the it's a, a former Mexican mafia like high ranking member made this autobiographical book slash biography with a uh, an author, mm-hmm. and like he talks about it. They they sent some guys from behind bars because that's how that shit works with those prison gangs. They call shots on the street. Like, they sent some guys to take care of some dude or a couple dudes, and they went in there and, like, killed the baby, killed the, like, I don't even think the guy was there or one of them was there. Killed everybody, the wife, the baby, the kids. They did not take kindly to that, and those people that they sent to do that or they sent to kill the guys mm-hmm. that did that also got dealt with because of that. Like, word got back to the guys in prison. They were like, what the fuck? That's not how we do things. Now that guy's dead. Right. I mean, if you're going to be a criminal, at least have some character about it and some. Well, and and, see, and I agree. Like that, there's different levels to it. Like I will look at somebody. I can look at somebody who has a criminal record and shit like that. And if I know that person, or I get to know that person, and I can tell, like, if you have morals and like you have a code that you live by. I can respect that more than somebody that just does whatever the fuck they want to anybody, whoever they can get over on. In a weird way, that's like getting back to the Iceman. Yeah. Not that I approve or 
in, in favor, but I under it was a job. It was yeah. a business for him. Yeah. And he was except for maybe a well There was mo- definitely a handful that was not business. Right. But, but at the same time, he, the way he explains it, it, it was business adjacent because it was like, oh, I wanted to try this out. Right. So I found but a homeless person. The ones he got paid to do, these weren't necessarily great guys or great people anyway. They had some skeletons in their closet. If you have a hit taken out on you. It's well, not for nothing. You were at least some criminal organization. You're a dick to somebody. Adjacent. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be if you are a witness. Mm-hmm. But you are still associated with them to a certain point to be able to witness yeah. said crimes. Yeah. You know. So I understand him a little bit m- mm-hmm. more. Not that I respect him, but I understand, hey, it was a job. He was doing business. To where some of these motherfuckers, like, and that's where I separate serial killer. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it to kill. Yeah. To fix some mommy issues or whatever. So where's your head at on... uh Kaczynski. That's a tough one. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no black or white. Like he's a piece of shit. Right. But is he. Can we say that we understand his actions more so than like a Ted Bundy? Probably. Well. Because there was actually, at least to him, there was some deeper meaning to his actions. Like guys like Ted Bundy, Ed Kemper. I consider them. Dahmer. Dahmer. Well, Ramirez serial killers because they mm-hmm. had something inside them driving mm-hmm. them. Yeah, just what it wasn't. Their motive wasn't money, it or wasn't, even Charles Manson. Even though he never, never got was proven to kill anybody, but he did kill people. But well, that was always my thing. Is like if Charles Manson wasn't fucking four feet tall, for sure. I think if he if he wasn't such a pussy, he definitely would have been. A legitimate serial killer, even though well, chances are he probably was. He's brilliant. Why, why kill somebody if you can get somebody? To he's do a cult stuff? leader. Get get somebody else to do it. Yeah, he's a cult leader. Kind of smart, actually. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't like that's the fucking scary thing. All these dudes that do the craziest shit are usually pretty smart. I mean, oh, Ted yeah. Bundy was a fucking law student. Oh yeah, and they say he was a good looking guy. I don't see it. I mean, fucking Jeffrey Dahmer was the top of the list. That man made chocolate. Yes, we love him. We love chocolate here. Shove it up my ass. You make chocolate, I love you. I might be able to forgive some eating some corpses, having a few heads in the fucking freezer. I think it it was the showering in the shower with the dead body in it for months. What was the name of the guy in London we covered? Oh, um, Oh, Dennis Nilsson. Nilsson, yes. Okay, see, he was fucked up. What's he say? Is he said is he is H H Holmes ye old Triple H? Yes, he had way better facial hair. <laughs> yes, H uh, H Holmes wasn't a bad looking dude for back in the day either. I guess I, I've only seen a few pictures. I mean, he had like both his eyes, and <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Bundy. We were gonna have to cover Bundy at some point. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's a fascinating case. A horribly mishandled one, too. Uh, They literally were, like, handed him on a silver platter, and they were like, that nice, good-looking law student? No no way. way. Fucking idiots. Same thing with Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper admitted to killing people, and they were like, oh, that's just Big Ed messing with us. (laughs) Next thing you know, he's mouth-fucking his mom's decapitated head. Literally. We're not being figurative there. 
He's not at all. sticking his pee-pee in his mom's dead fucking mouth. After it's been decapitated. Yes. We are not kid-friendly here. For those people new. And how we still have a, all these listeners. I don't know, because we're about to wrap it up, huh? We're wrapping. Uh, you know, but I think of serial killer as something not quite right with the person. I think the motive has to be much more sinister or internal than just con man doing it, you know, killing for money reasons, you know, insurance fraud and shit like mm-hmm. that. Or like Koklinski, paid killer. Yeah. That's that's just a murderer in my opinion. Yeah, Serial he's just a killer. It's something different. Yeah. It's just like those dudes that do hits for El Chapo and shit like they like it, it it's just a job to them cuz most of those dudes start like have you seen that interview of the guy that like has the Joker fa- paint or tattoos on his face and shit? Uh, yeah. Dude, he just talks about like he was like 13 or something like that and like got in with the wrong people and they just took him to Mexico and like a dude just like put a gun in his hand and he was like kill him. And that was his first time killing somebody and he was like after you do that at that age what is what what is I mean, like what's the problem after that? It's kind of like that fucks you up. It's not to, I'm not making a joke. It's like getting fucked in the ass when you're a kid. Yeah, like being it's, raped. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's all gonna, trauma. It's going to have an effect on you yes. some way. It's all trauma. Like and, and trauma rears its head in ugly ways. I mean, it does not justify the actions taken later on in life, but it but it can help somebody wrap their head around why, where right. how, where your fucking mental growth took a fucking left turn yeah where shit got really dark yeah but i've always had this opinion you can see what you think i've always said there's a fine line between good upstanding person and serial killer it only takes one fucking thing to set somebody off or a, maybe even a series of things a series of I, bad I, I don't know, i don't know about serial killer but i'd say there's all... a fine line between somebody who has who somebody who has never killed somebody and the fine and there's a fine line between that and somebody who has killed somebody cuz every human being has that one thing that can just fucking snap it right. instantly and you can easily just like come like you can even black out and come to him and be like oh fuck yeah but i think it life you can take because Jeffrey Dahmer claimed one of those. Right. I, I mean, I think... The dude that he, like, caved his chest in. The sweetest person in the world that you know in your life. Oh, look at my fat belly hanging out. It could... It might only take one bad thing happening in life to yeah. push them over that edge. Yeah. And once you start, you got one or two options. Stop or maybe you get a taste for it. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Hmm. But I do think, and that is the provocative thought we leave you guys with tonight. And there is something to nurture versus nature. Oh yeah, nature. I mean, but both of them can can lead down the same fucking road if you do if it's executed the wrong way. And if you have a double whammy of shitty nurture and shitty nature, you're you're fucked. You're more likely to become a Dahmer or a Bundy or a Kemper. Mm -hmm. It takes a special person to have shitty nature and nurture and come out. Yeah. On the other end, somewhat normal, right? But they're, but especially those people have that one. That's just a small fucking push off the edge. Oh damn, we haven't been going for that long. No, cool. We pretty, docked this one out pretty quick tonight. Yeah, we did good tonight. All right, hit them with those socials. All right, don't forget uh, if you want to 
follow us on social media. Where the fuck are they? I can't see. Uh, go to Instagram at ghost underscore night underscore podcast. Twitter at night underscore ghost. TikTok at GTIN dot podcast. Facebook at ghost in the night. Uh, we do have some uh, shorts done up that will be starting post on YouTube shorts and TikTok here. Uh, Probably not tonight. Sunday's, not tonight. Sunday's a fucking dead zone. Starting tomorrow. I know I'll put one up tomorrow on Instagram. Or I'm not Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. Travis will handle the TikTok and Instagram. And I'm actually going to start putting them on Facebook. I don't think I... I've put a couple on I, Facebook. I don't think I put... But be on the look for, look out for those. I'm going to try to do a short or two every night. It's like I said, you're faster at finishing them. I have no problem sitting there and watching through the episodes to make them. I don't know why we're having this conversation on camera. Well, like, this, this is some sidebar shit. Uh, because I was telling uh, Don't forget on Wednesdays, we'll be back for our What the Fuck Wednesday. That is where we just kind of shoot the shit with uh, the people in the uh, live stream. We might have a topic or have a few topics we want to talk about. Nothing like what we have here. And those are Wednesday at 8 o'clock over on our YouTube channel. Ish. Ish. Uh, and we also do a after show on that for our Patreon member subscribers. It's only $2. So if you want to get a lot of bonus material and get that bonus live stream that's only for the Patreon members, go to patreon.com slash GITM podcast and become a subscriber. And you get a bunch of shit. A bunch of... And before you leave, like the video, share the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on social medias like we just talked about, finger pop each other's assholes, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Yes. we. I, I love the reviews that we, because even though we don't get them anymore, we haven't had a review in months. I don't think so. And the last one was not good. It was funny. I don't remember. Um. It was it was another one of those ones where it's like I like the paranormal podcast, but why the language? Because that's how I fucking talk, Barbara. Like, there's a fucking explicit sign on our podcast. What the fuck did you think you were gonna get? Like this uh, this podcast contains explicit material. Well, gee golly, Willikers, Mister Philip, let's talk about some stuff today. <laughs> All right, so we will be back Wednesday. Join us Wednesday, eight thirty or eight ish for what the fuck Give or Wednesday? Take a what day. the fuck Wednesday? I don't know what we're, we might just shoot the shit. I might talk we more always about do. Sons of Anarchy. We talked for we spent twenty minutes going over and underrated on fucking musical I artists on that. Patreon. That shit was fun. I enjoyed that. I think this Wednesday we should do over overrated underrated TV shows. I'm down. So maybe that's we'll do a half hour or so on that Wednesday for what the fuck Wednesday? Yeah, fuck it. We, it's, hey, we do what we want. It's our world. It's our world. We're just living in it, baby. Welcome to the poop cult. All right. We'll see you guys on Wednesday or next Sunday. Whatever. Take care. We love you. Be good. Don't jerk off too hard. If you do, use Vaseline. Make it bleed. Good night. <laughs> so stupid.